Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 41st edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. Got a lot of stuff that we have to cover today. So, first thing we're about to get into is the UFC. Uh, currently, the main issue that we're about to talk about is GSP. Uh, he's uh, got released from the UFC uh, with his guy contract um, situation that he had with him. Uh, Darnell, that's your guy, man. What did you? What were your first thoughts when you first heard about that? What is the UFC doing? Uh, I mean, it's been going for a couple weeks. Dana's been trying to play hardball, trying to say uh, GSP doesn't want to fight. Uh, of course, that hasn't been what's coming out of George St. Pierre's camp. Uh, but earlier this week, he was uh, he did an interview with Ariel Hawani, announced that he said he was a free agent, said there was some kind of loophole in the contract where since they wouldn't offer him a fight, he was out, which says crazy to me. They have a, a car coming up uh, in, a, in two months. It's in Toronto, which, I mean, that just only makes sense. Have the comeback of quite possibly the greatest of all time in Canada. I think that would be a huge buy rate uh, for pay-per-view huge attendance at the gate so like it just seems like this is an instance of the UFC uh, cutting off their nose to spite the face and uh, Dana White just trying to show he's he has the bargaining power when even if it means he's making a dumb decision yeah I was um, very shocked by this uh, particularly by Dana White I think he's been uh I'll say it, I, you know, I think he's been money whoring uh, basically a lot, you know, especially Conor McGregor. Uh, you know, he's been bringing in a lot of money for the UFC. I think he's been catering to him. Uh, but before McGregor, uh, GSP was a top guy in the UFC when it comes to bringing in Doe. So I was very surprised. And, you know, you brought it up uh, with Toronto coming up, too. That would have been a perfect chance uh, for Dana White and the UFC to get some major profits going off of that pay-per-view if he could have squeezed um, GSP into the uh, fight card uh, for that event that's coming up. So I was just very shocked by this. And, um, you know, with a guy like GSP, I think he, him coming back, you know, I'm not, you know, you already you know this, especially Darnell, you know, I'm not a huge fan of him at all. Um, but he, you know, he people love to watch him fight. So uh, just very Which is shocked. weird that you only like people that win all the time. So. <laughs> To me, he's a born fighter, man. But you know, he one thing about about him, he gets the job done, and you know, you're right, he wins. So, uh, like I said, you know, just very shocked by this. Um, do you think there's any way possible that you know they put egos aside and you know they just renegotiate like a new contract for him or anything, or do you think it's basically a done deal for him? Uh, in the I'm, I'm still not gonna say it's out of the question. Uh, there's some factors in here that I'm wondering what, how they come into play. Uh, so, I mean, you know, all know the UFC, they have their deal with Reebok. GSP is signed by Under Armour. Yeah. Pretty sure they're paying him handsomely right now. I wonder if there's some kind of bad blood there. Uh, UFC, they recently were purchased, which was big news a while ago. I went and, I believe George St. Pierre is managed by another uh, firm outside of uh, the one that purchased 
the UFC. I wonder if that plays a factor in it. Yeah. So I, I wonder if there's things outside of Dana White that are at play here trying to, you know, kind of put pressure on uh, George St. Pierre to change his allegiances, basically. But uh, it's, it, they're putting themselves in a tough situation because GSP, he's been their top moneymaker when he was there. Uh, so it's not like they're negotiating with somebody that's broke. He doesn't need to come back. Yeah. Uh, he, he wants to come back. So it seems like this should be a win-win on everybody's side. Uh, but, you know, UFC is the UFC and, you know, Dan White is that figurehead. He doesn't like to lose in a negotiation and he can be spiteful when it looks like he is and that might be what's going on right now. Yeah. Now, what about, uh, could you possibly see him at Bellator, uh, too, or anything like that? Or you think he could, if anything, he'll wait? I mean, if it comes out, if he wants to fight bad enough, if he wants to get back in there to compete, I know he wants to go against the best in the world. Right now, that is the UFC. Yeah. But, I mean, there's, there's money fights out there. Uh, Bellator, Viacom could throw some money at him, and you know they could probably do crazy television numbers. George St. Pierre has never fought on free television, yeah, uh, or cable television. He's he's only been on UFC pay per view, so I mean that could be something big there. You know, Bellator just signed Chael Sonnen if he wanted to fight at 185. Uh, they actually have a pretty robust 107-pound uh, weight class GSP at Bellator. So there's fights for them that yeah. could bring money. Yeah, I could definitely, you know, yeah, just kind of like what you just said, man, just based upon, you know, how bad does he really want to get into the ring? Um, Any other final thoughts on the UFC uh, before we move on? It's a crazy situation, but, I mean, I think both sides need to come back to the table and make this happen. I mean – like I said, have him come back in Toronto. That could do crazy numbers. Robbie Lawler said he would love that fight. And I'm pretty sure uh, if uh, out of Wonder Boy and Tyron Woodley, if one of them came out of it unscathed, uh, I think that would also be crazy numbers if he could go against one of them. Yeah. So just have to see, man, for sure. Um, up next, we're about to get into the NCAA, uh, particularly football. Uh, we had some good games last week, guys. Uh, first one we're about to talk about was Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Um, what did you guys think about this game? Was you, Do you think it was closer than you expected? Oh, definitely. I think a lot of people thought that this game was closer than they expected. I mean, I, I think I picked State by at least two possessions. Uh, I figured... Ohio State would get comfortable in the game and find a point and take over. I think this week showed more that Wisconsin is a real team. Uh, they, I mean, you take Ohio State to overtime and you only lose to Michigan on the road by seven. Uh, you're, you're taking the second and third ring team in the country to, well, at the time Michigan was fourth. So you're taking two top five teams to one possession games. You're you're doing something right. I think this shows that Wisconsin has the top ten talent, uh, potentially top five talent. They just haven't gotten the win yet. Uh, it, I, 
where you place the blame there, I don't know that you really can because I feel like they played well. They played a way better game against Ohio State than they did Michigan. I'll admit that uh, their quarterback uh, played a better game against Ohio State. They were able to move the ball a little more. I don't know if that was the comfort of the home field, the home crowd, uh, or what, but. Uh, you know, they, they exposed Ohio State a little bit, and uh, they were able to move the ball both on the ground and through the air. And then their defense kept JT Barrett in check. Uh, you know, they, they still scored their points, but when you play Ohio State, you're expecting them to score points. Uh, the, the, the thing was they, they didn't allow huge plays to go to happen left and right. Uh, they, you know, just kept Ohio State in check, made them – for the most part, play a lot of small ball, really work the ball down the field. Um, I, in reality, I think that that was a very positive game for Wisconsin. I think they have proven to themselves that they can they can play with the best teams in the country. I think moving forward, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Nebraska to see uh, if Wisconsin even gets a chance at the Big Ten championship game or not. Uh, in reality, the way they play this season, I think they deserve it. I think they're a better team than Nebraska is. Uh, it's just, it'll be interesting to see how the records play out on that side of the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, they they showed their, there should be no question about them right now. They are legit. Uh, based on the two games you mentioned against Michigan and against Ohio State, uh, Playing close with Michigan the whole time, taking Ohio State the overtime. Fell short in both games, but I think both of those teams will be pretty much terrified to face back up with them uh, mm-hmm. coming the year in a Big Ten championship game because uh, they, they've only gained confidence with both of these games, and Wisconsin's defense is scary. Yeah, scary good. Uh, and, you know, they're doing this with a freshman quarterback right now, so mm-hmm. just – more games he plays, just the better he's going to be. Uh, Wisconsin, something to look look out for. I mean, they they still have to get over the hump of Nebraska, like you just said. I, they Nebraska hasn't had to match up with the Titans on the other side like Wisconsin has, so they'll need some some things to happen for them. But if if Wisconsin can get back into that Big Ten championship game against one of those two teams, it's going to be must must see TV. Yeah, I agree. All right, now what about NC State versus Clemson? Uh, you know, Clemson—they've been in some pretty close games um, this year. Uh, but what did you guys think about that game? It was a shocker, uh, mm-hmm. especially after the game against Louisville, where Clemson finally came out and looked like the big-time team that uh, we were expecting. They come out against a NC State team that everybody expected them to blow out of the water, and they really didn't start pulling away. I mean, it took overtime again here. They never did really pull away. They had to, you know, sneak out by the skin of their teeth. And, you know, you you had a a decent game from Deshaun Watson. A lot of passing attempts. I think he had to throw the ball 52 times. Didn't get much on the ground, uh, so I mean, respect to NC State, they they played out of game against them, but just not not the result you expect. You, you didn't expect a overtime game where Clemson only puts up twenty four points. 
Just, you yeah, know, just uh, real quick for me, man. The MVPs of that game, man. I, I got to give it to NC State's uh, teammates, man, with that kicker because I would have cussed his ass out, man, just being honest. That was that was tough to watch, man, just how, how that dude was just missing those field goals, man. Just one field goal, they could have won the game, man. And he just uh, – I, I, I would have went ballistic, man. But his teammates, man, they're, they're hella supportive. I got to say that, man, for sure. But go ahead, Ty. Yeah, you know, uh, I think when I saw the game on TV, you know, they showed the records next to the team, and I'm like, NC State's 4-1. Since when? (laughs) Like, you don't hear about them. Nobody's talking about them. Just a very quiet 4-1 and unranked. So you figure, all right, they haven't played anybody, so Clemson should have a cakewalk, really. Um, but that was not the case. The the NC State defense really showed up to play. Forced four turnovers, uh, recovered three fumbles, met an interception. Uh, the the defense, you know, despite almost giving up 500 yards, kept NC State in that game till the very end. Uh, and like Tran mentioned, uh, the kicker just unfortunately wasn't able to put it through at the end. You know, the, NC State did everything they needed to do to win the game. They had the last play in regulation. It was theirs to win. Uh, it's just unfortunate that, you know, it, all the blames can end up going on the kicker for missing the kick. I mean, I feel like everybody everybody did their job on that team except for the final play. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it's the way it is. So uh, Deshaun Watson was, you know, he was good enough. Uh, stat-wise, to, you know, stay in the Heisman discussion and all that. Uh, so I don't think he has anything to worry about there. It's, that would have been a good opportunity for him to gain a little bit of ground on Lamar Jackson, but I don't think he gained ground or lost ground, so that's that's good. Uh, you know, in terms of Clemson, I think they're showing that they're still beatable. They rise up to the occasion of the game. Uh, but they've also sunk down to the competition as well all year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to them moving forward. Are they going to continue to just be the team that sneaks them out? Are they going to figure it out? Who knows? But all I know is, you know, Dabo Sweeney called that win against NC State a gift from God. So somebody on that team's doing enough praying. <laughs> now, you kind of brought it up, uh, Ty, a little bit. Um, you know, NC State, they were 4-1. Um, coming into this game. Um, do you think people are just overlooking them a little bit, or do you think it was more Clemson just had a bad game, or what do you think that kind of fell on to? Uh, yeah, well, I, I think we've seen it all year from Clemson. They're they're playing down in competition. Uh, I mean, if you look at NC State's wins, it is – I can't even tell you who this first team is – William and Mary, and then they beat – Old Dominion, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame. So they had four wins that were not noteworthy. Yeah. Um, granted, any time lose to Eastern Carolina, too. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So I mean, granted, any time you beat Notre Dame, it's something to brag about because their fans hate it. But you know, it's it's not like that's a super impressive win anymore. Uh, so to have four wins against, in reality, garbage opponents. You're not going to get the notoriety for it, but still being form one is being form one. And yeah. 
next week, NC State plays Louisville. So it'll be interesting to see if they can put up a similar type performance and potentially have a chance to win it or if they're going to get steamrolled like we thought they would have against Clemson. So next week will be an interesting kind of tell game for NC State. Now, right before uh, we started, uh, the season actually started, you know, we had our little uh, preseason talk of the show. Uh, we kind of had our discussion about the SEC being the top, still the top conference uh, for the NCAA. Um, Big Ten, man, they're making a statement with some of the teams that uh, they have uh, that, that that's in their conference uh, this year, man. They got a lot of talented teams. Uh so far, just looking at the season so far, did, did the Big Ten, uh, do you guys feel as if the Big Ten overtook the SEC, or do you still feel as if the SEC is a top conference in the NCAA? That's such a hard discussion to have, especially right now, because you have but both team, both conferences are definitely top-heavy. You have Alabama, who, you know, winning national championships and everything else, so you know, you're clearly going to say, all right, so they have the best team in the country. But then when you look at the at the rankings, you see more Big Ten teams in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Wisconsin at 10, Nebraska at 8, Michigan at 3, and Ohio State at 2. So it depends what you want to look at. Do you want to look at the depth of a conference? Do you want to look at how top-heavy a conference is, who has the better team? Uh, or teams, if because I mean you kind of have to look a little further than just one team in a conference. So do you want to see who has the better teams at the top? Uh, it, it's really a tough discussion to have. I mean, if you look through the rest of the rankings, you know the SEC has teams at one, Alabama, Texas A&M six, uh, Florida fifteen, Arkansas, Tennessee seventeen, eighteen, Auburn twenty one, Ole Miss twenty three. Like they they have teams all the way down. Ole Miss 23, LSU 25. I mean, top to bottom, I think the SEC has more depth than the Big Ten does, but the Big Ten just has more teams toward the top right now. So I, I don't really know if we can answer that question, who's a better conference. I, I think the SEC has more depth, historically has had more depth, usually sees more teams ranked, uh, usually has you know the best team in the country. I mean, look at the national championships they've won in the last – 10 or 15 years way more than any other conference so tough discussion to have but i think the big Ten's gaining ground. i mean we won't get the final answer to that until bowl season is over yeah and, mm-hmm. and a lot of big 10 sec matchups do we have a national champion and all that kind of stuff but uh basically if you if you take a snapshot right now yes Right now, the Big Ten is the best conference in football at, at this point in time. If if I had to say a number one conference is Big Ten. Uh, the best team in football is still an SEC. That's Alabama. But you, you look at that top ten, you can't deny you, you have Ohio State two, you have Michigan three uh, or four, uh, and would depend on the poll you look at, and Nebraska, Wisconsin – all rounding out the top 10 SEC still has a lot of teams in there, but to have that much power in the top 10, that's, I think that's something to look at. Uh, so right now I give the edge to the big 10, but like I said, it's with a caveat that, I mean, I'm just saying snapshot 
at this point in time is the Big Ten, but we won't we won't have that question answered until the season's over. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fair. You guys ready for the pickums? Yep. We are all tied for NCAA sixteen to twenty five. Um, sixteen out of twenty five. Um, first game we're about to get into is Texas A and M versus Alabama. Alabama, they have a minus eighteen point five spread uh, for this game. Um, who do you guys have? Alabama. Uh, do we all have Alabama? <laughs> yeah, sir. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> Let's make sure. Darnell, that's a Bama for you too, man. Yeah. Okay. I mean I, I do I do like A and M. They they're a fun team to watch. They're they've been a surprise. Their defense has been a surprise for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh they've gotten some good quarterback play, which was a question for them. But mm-hmm. uh but yeah, I still got it just Alabama's looking like an NFL team out there. I'm rolling with them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want some scores real quick? All right, sure, yeah. So do you guys? Um, well, Alabama won big last week when we thought it might be a little bit closer. So uh, I'm going to go Alabama 35, Texas A&M 20, 21. All right. Bama 38-20. All right, I got Bama 31-17. to 17. Up next, we have Ole Miss versus LSU. Uh, LSU, they have a minus six and a half lead for the spread. Uh, I'm going to go Ole Miss. Uh, better quarterback play, even though sometimes it's bad Kelly, like Tran likes to say, but uh, I'll take bad Kelly over whoever LSU can put behind center. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so quick, I'll give a score real quick. I'll go thirty-one twenty. All right. What about you, Darnell? I, I'm actually gonna go with the favorite here. Uh, I'm gonna go with LSU. Uh, believe the game is in Death Valley. Yeah. And and it's a night game. Just that mystique of LSU at night. They they're a bear to take on at night. So um, I'm going to go with the Tigers and their their new look team post less miles. So I'm I'm going to go with LSU, uh, thirty-one twenty-four. All right, I'm going to go with Ole Miss on this one, man. Uh, I think we're going to see good Kelly uh, this game, man. He's been up and down this whole uh, entire season, but I think he's going to pull it through this time. Uh, I do have this being a close game. Like uh, you just said, Darnell is going to be in the Valley. So I have Ole Miss winning this one 21 to 20. So, you you know, our cousins are going to like me more this week. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Last but not least for the NCAA, we have Arkansas versus Auburn. I will take the Razorbacks. Uh, I think they're going to ride some momentum off the nice win of Ole Miss last week. Uh, they're they're in a good spot in the rankings, to be honest. Uh, you know, I believe. Oh, and by the way, size. real quick, uh, Auburn—they yep. uh, have a minus ten uh, lead for the spread. 
Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Still going Arkansas. Uh, like I said, I think they're yeah, I I just think they're going to ride the momentum from last week. Like I said, I think they're going to be pumped over their nice spot in the rankings, uh, wanting to improve on that some more, get another nice win this week, and they'll see themselves keep moving up. Uh, so I'll take Arkansas 27-17. All right, well, I'm against you again, Tom. I'm going with fine. I'm going with the hated Auburn Tigers. All right. <laughs> Got to separate yourself in this tie of the Pickums anyway. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> Games in Jordan Hare. So, you know, going with Auburn here. Uh, Arkansas might be looking for a letdown after after last week. So, uh, I'm going to go War Eagle uh, 31-21. All Did right. that hurt for you to say War Eagle? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did you shed a tear? <laughs> it kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with Arkansas on this one. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not an Auburn fan either, so I got to root against them. So hopefully they can pull it off. Um, you know, they're gonna be playing. Arkansas is gonna be playing um, in Auburn, so uh, should be a pretty good game. Um, you know. They do have Auburn, Auburn with the minus 10 spread, but I think Arkansas, they can pull it off. So I'm going to go Arkansas 24 to 17. Uh, guys, any other thoughts on the NCAA before we move on? Nope. All right. You good too, Darnell? Yeah, all good. All right. Okay, up next, we're about to get into the NFL. Um, just as always, how we always usually started. Uh, thoughts on your guys' teams? Darnell, do you want to start it? I mean, we both got wins again. What is this? Yeah, no. Uh, we, I, I don't think anybody expected both teams to be no, not, where not they're at. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess all I can say is, you know, that old saying, how about them Cowboys uh, <laughs> playing some great football, you know, they went in against the pack. I, I showed faith in them there. I, I, I picked them in our picks last week, and they made me look like a, a genius, basically. Uh, they ran all over them. They got after Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers looked bad against them, honestly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, couldn't, yeah, find, but... yeah, couldn't find room to get any passes off. Uh, they made him cough the ball up a couple times. Uh Dallas's defense, which has been pretty much terrible over the last couple of years, they they look like it was ninety ninety four or something like that. Uh, but yeah, and then and and the rookies keep rolling. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are the Jerry Jones and company made some some good picks last year, and it's it's starting to show. And that that old line is they they're owning that label is the best line in football. Yeah, just I got to give a shout-out uh, to Dallas, man, because, like, the reason why I picked Green Bay, uh, they had, like, the number one um, rushing defense in the uh, NFL. I think they only allowed, like, 35 a game. And, you know, Ezekiel, he just had 157 rushing yards on him. So that was that was just pretty amazing man and for him being a rookie man he's doing some amazing stuff with that team and uh, Prescott too so they they're handling business yeah definitely <clears throat> yeah so 
these Lions have won two in a row and things are looking up. Uh, granted, still still have some ground to make up in the division. That's going to be real tough with uh, with how Minnesota's playing. So definitely we'll have to take advantage of the games we have against them. But with uh, Green Bay trending down, Detroit could possibly sneak into second place before too long here. I mean, as of right now, Chicago has the lead on Green Bay with a third string quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, like, like we said, Aaron Rodgers just isn't Aaron Rodgers right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Green Bay, but in terms of the lions, they're, they're starting to figure some things out. Uh, Still looking comfortable, still throwing touchdowns. Uh, an interesting shootout against St. Louis, to be honest. Case Keenum, who knew he could throw for a ton of touchdowns? Uh, who knew the Lions would have to try and keep up? Uh, just a very interesting game from that perspective. But, uh, you know, what, what's kind of hurt, what hurt the Lions last week was, uh, you know, no Theo Riddick. So they relied on a running back by committee with third stringer Zach Zenner and just signed Justin Forsett. So, Neither guy really did anything to to brag about, but uh, just trying to keep a defense honest, I guess. But Golden Tate breakout game for the season. Uh, good thing I dropped him in my fantasy league. Uh, I believe he had eight catches for over 150 yards and a score. So, I mean, hopefully for the Lions' sake, he can keep it up. Uh, they, they need him moving forward. Uh, Marvin Jones... People knew that he wasn't going to have repeat performances of his, you know, two touchdown, 180 yard day. So, you know, they with uh, Eric Ebron currently out, uh, they they needed someone else to step up that wasn't 50 year old Anquan Bolden. And it was Golden Tate this week, which was really nice to see. So hopefully this Tate Jones Bolden thing can balance itself out and. <clears throat> be strong so you know I, I i like the lions at three and three uh we were just talking a little bit ago you know i really believe they could be five and one at this point uh they lost really a game they shouldn't have lost to tennessee and then just looked really bad against one of the worst teams in football in chicago so shoulda woulda coulda but it is what it is they're three and three they can definitely build off of that it's not the worst spot to be in right now they're about two, a game and a half out or so, but that's because Minnesota's already had their bye week. So, you know, they could still make some noise at three and three. You could still contend for a wild card spot. So there's there's still a lot of positives to move forward with this <clears> season. Uh, the defense will have to pick it up, though, for sure. Yeah. Since you, uh, you were the last with uh, Detroit, Tyler, um, you know, brought it up before uh, the show. Um, this whole Matt Stafford um, issue um, was not really an issue. It was kind of good if someone thinks of him uh, like this. But uh, <laughs> Peter Schrager, um, right. yeah, you know, Peter Schrager, uh, he brought up a, uh, just brought it up that, you know, he felt as if uh, Matthew Stafford is one of the top um, quarterbacks in the NFL and could possibly be, might be the best QB in the NFL. Uh, since we all, you know, from the Metro D area, uh, how do you guys feel about this? Does he go over his head or what? Yeah, I, I think he's a little ambitious with the statement, to be honest. I mean, this is still a league where Tom Brady's in it. Uh, 
Ben Roethlisberger is in it. You know, you're looking at guys with multiple Super Bowl rings. Matthew Stafford doesn't even have a playoff win yet. Uh, you know, I, it's a very ambitious statement to make. Uh, I do think in terms of quarterbacks, Stafford's trending upward while a lot of guys are trending downward. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter has seemed to found some sort of mixed formula for Matthew Stafford that has really elevated his game. One thing we talked about, you know, before the season started was I believe that not having Calvin Johnson was going to allow for Matthew Stafford to lose the tunnel vision. Uh, and that has actually happened. Uh, he's finding a lot of receivers. He's finding the running backs. Uh, you know, he, he looks comfortable out there, still throwing for multiple touchdowns a game. It's just to more than Calvin Johnson. So do I think Stafford is a top QB in the NFL? I mean, it depends what your definition of a top QB is. Is that top five? Is that top 10? Uh, you know, I, I do think he's he's a top 10 quarterback, and I think you could very easily make that argument. Top five, you'd have to fight for it a little harder. Um, so, you know, in my mind, is he one of the top QBs in the NFL? Yeah, but that's because when you say top, you're talking about roughly 10 guys. Uh, do I think he might be the best in the NFL? Absolutely not. What about yeah. you, Nizo? What you think? I mean, kind of. To what Ty said, I think it's he, he's being a little, little too aggressive there with that might be the best in the NFL talk. But uh, Stafford's definitely been having a breakout season, uh, in my opinion. I've I've made my statements about him. I've I've not uh, regarded him very highly. I uh, began before the season. I said I thought he was a bottom half of the quarter, uh, bottom half of the league quarterback. Uh, He's been proving me wrong, and I'm not afraid to admit that. Uh, he he's looking like a top ten QB right right now, and I have no problem saying that. But to say he might be the best when you got the seasons like another quarterback who I'm not usually very high on, but I mean you got Matt Ryan having a great season, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger before the injury, mm-hmm. uh, Brady was suspended, but I mean, he came out slinging. Drew Brees is still looking amazing. Uh, So I got to fall back on saying he might be the best quarterback in the league. I mean, I also, I mean, I got to throw a little love in for, for, for my quarterback, uh, Dak Prescott. I I think is still having a better season than him uh, right now, but, but yeah, definitely. I think Stafford's found a, a nice spot, uh, especially with uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Still have trouble saying that name. Uh, <laughs> but they seem to be working well together. Uh, and they may have found a system that Stafford works well in. They've calmed down. He's not just staring at Calvin Johnson. He's he's going through reads. He's checking down when he has to. Uh, they they may have you know found lightning in a bottle. and. This may be what's needed for Matt Stafford. They've seems like the offense has been simplified a little bit. Not as many deep drops. They're letting him just get the ball out uh, to receivers and and keep the offense moving. It's running a little faster. They're doing more no huddle, which he always works better in. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a little bit of Stafford maturing and a little bit of uh, they found the right system for him. 
All right. Now, uh, let's hop back to your Cowboys, Darnell. Um, you know, Jerry Jones, he's kind of been on and off with their whole quarterback situation. Um, just to get your thoughts on it uh, first, uh, once Romo is clear to play, uh, do you think he should start over Prescott or what? Ooh, I'm, I'm usually one of those old schoolers where you don't lose your job to injury, but this team's rolling. And mm-hmm. I, I'm also a firm believer in if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And, you know, you got a team that's only lost one game and it was the first game of the year and they haven't been looking back and the team's gelling. They're working well together. I don't know if you want to throw a wrench into that and put Romo in there. I mean, Romo is a really good quarterback still if he's healthy. Yeah. But just that they found something here. I think you don't, you don't worry your quarterback now that he might have to go back to sitting because the previous starter is healthy again. This this is looking like one of those New England situations when uh, Brady took over for Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. It's a pretty similar situation here. The the career starter gets injured and the new guy comes in and is basically wrecking shop. You you can't uh, mess with that. Yeah. Uh, you can't mess with one. You you can't mess with that Dak Prescott's head right now he's he's in the zone the team's doing well he's what they're they're five and one like what else can you say numbers don't lie so i i don't think you you start romo and i I think thinking even in his in his own head he understands that yeah Yeah, um it's it's a catch-22 but it's a good situation to be in uh, not many teams know what they have in a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, you're looking at a situation where you're going to start a guy who has a world of experience, or you're going to start a guy that has your team at five and one. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong in either decision. The only question I would have is how long is it going to take for Tony Romo to find a rhythm, to find a groove? Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like you said, you 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 have a guy that's five and one and rolling has the trust of the team has a has the trust of the fan base. I mean, other than I I don't even know the last time a rookie quarterback has really never had a doubt in a fan base. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have a few friends from Texas that I met you know met at college. None of them. None of them are saying, oh, I can't wait for Romo to get back. <laughs> um, now, I understand some people have never said that, but, uh, you know, it, it, this is just such a good problem to have. Uh, but I would side with Darnell on this one. I think you roll with the guy that's rolling. Yeah. I, I don't understand why you would want to you know, break the current chemistry that this team has going. I mean, with, with Prescott, with Romo, you're going to have two different kinds of chemistry. Neither is better than the other, but it's just two different styles of play. It's two, two different quarterbacks, two different ways to play the game. Neither is right. Neither is wrong. Uh, I just, I just think you need to go with what's working. Now, another, uh, 
topic about your Cowboys, man, uh, Dak Prescott, uh, he has been uh, praising Elliott. Uh, just looking at uh, how he's been playing in the games, uh, he made a statement this week that he believes he can get over the 2,000-yard mark uh, this season. So what do you think about that? It's not out of the question, honestly. Yeah. Uh, like going back to what you brought up, Trey, I mean, they, they played the best rush defense in the league last week, and he went for about 50. Yeah. And, I mean, behind that offensive line that they just seem to maul whoever they come up against, I I don't think it's a crazy statement. Yeah. I mean, everybody had high expectations for Zeke coming out of college. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's proven everybody right. Uh, he he had a basically the only game where he wasn't good was his first game. Yeah. Since then he's been he's played good to great, uh, and I think he's he's caught up the, the speed of the game. He he's gotten used to it. Uh, he knows he has to hit holes faster now, and he he has that patience of a five year vet running the ball already. Yeah. So. I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah, just uh, real quick. Um, so far, he has uh, 703 yards, um, averaging 5.1 yards a carry <clears throat> with five touchdowns. So he's been doing his thing so far this year, man. He just needs to keep it up. Um, not particularly get – don't get caught up in all the hype and everything. You know, still just focus on your job. And, you know, if it happens, it happens. But, you know, if he keeps it up doing like this, you know, he could definitely have – which would be outstanding for sure for a rookie. Uh, you have anything to add, Ty? No, I think Darnell kind of hit it all there. You know, just he looks beyond his years. And, you know, when you look at the, you know, other great running back to come out of Dallas, you're looking at Emmett Smith. Uh, I'm not calling Ezekiel Elliott Emmett Smith, but, you know, he if he can keep this up, that that comparison will be made. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people down that way are already trying to make that comparison. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I would understand that. I mean, it's definitely an exciting situation. It's you know years different from a Darren McFadden start, but uh, you know it'll take more than one or two years for me to start putting those two in a conversation together. But I can definitely see people, especially the diehards, making that type of a comparison this early on. I mean, super promising. Yeah. Now, up next, uh, about to talk about Burfick. Um, you know, I do believe, uh, was it 75000 Um, He was fine. I believe so. Oh, uh, yeah, he was fine. 75000 Um, just for, uh, with the whole LeGarrette Blunt, uh, Blunt's issue uh, stepping on him. And, you know, he was jawing off with um, Gronk, uh, too. Um, you know, we had this whole issue last year uh, going in um, to the game with Pittsburgh uh, with he had to hit on Antonio Brown. Um, just last week, does this basically seal the deal that he's a dirty player? Or do you think that, and plus, do you think the NFL should have done more uh, with the fine, you know, suspend him and whatnot? Or do you think the punishment was just, and, you know, is he's, did that last week prove that he was just a dirty player? You want to go first, huh? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll attempt to uh, answer this this one. Uh, 
you know, it's 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 hard to say that somebody's a dirty player. I mean, the track record's there now, so if you want to call him a dirty player, I think that's absolutely fine. Uh, you know, a lot of people call him and Sue a dirty player. I wouldn't disagree. Uh, the only the only thing for for me is is the fact that when when you're out on the football field and you know, Trey, and you've said it before, you're not out there to make friends. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I understand you'll do what it takes to win, but I don't necessarily think stepping on people, uh, you know, after the play activity and things like that are the answer. Um, you know, I think perfect, just, I don't know, just needs a little more self-control out there. Uh, you know, you're going to do nothing except pull money out of your pocket and cost your team 15 yards plus, uh, you know, sh- should the NFL be doing more? I mean, maybe, but it's the fact that no matter who it is, if you have a track record, you're going to see a very similar punishment. Um, you know, I, I don't. We're not going to see someone just like get suspended like that and be like, well, Vontaze Burpick didn't get suspended. You know, I, I think the NFL understands that. You know, what What they do as a business, you need your bigger name players on the field for ratings. And when your ratings are already dropping and they're trying to figure out why, I mean, if if you're not going to keep these players that people want to see on the field, no one's no one's going to watch. So a fine. I get it. I don't necessarily know that you should be suspended. You know, this is the first time we've really heard his name this season. Yeah, uh, I don't think we should well, be. But two, he was suspended. You know, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say he, he hasn't been on the field. No, that that's true. I, I forgot. Well, wasn't the suspension from last year though? Yeah, yeah. yeah. From, yeah so uh, I yeah. mean, Pittsburgh. This is yeah. So my thing is, this is his first offense this year. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't know that the first time this year should warrant a suspension, but I mean, everybody's gonna have an opinion on him, especially now that all eyes are going to be on him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I'm, I'm fine with the, with the fine. I would have been fine with him being suspended again. Uh, he's, he's just building a resume for himself uh, where he, he's probably, he, he's going to be under a microscope yeah. uh, and it's not looking like he cares or cares to change his play style. Uh, he, he's aggressive. He, he makes plays. He's a good player, but he's, he's going to make life very expensive for himself. Yeah. And, and doing that can cost his team too. Uh, because yeah. messing that up with suspensions and penalties and whatnot too. So, yeah, I totally agree there. So, I mean, it, it's to the point where I'm fine with what they did right now. Cause like you said, Ty, he, he, it's his first offense, even though, like I say, he hasn't been on the field yeah. very long. So yeah. <laughs> hope maybe they just thought throw, yeah. throw a fine at him and say, Hey, you, you just missed some games for this. How about you clean it up? Let's leave the bad hits alone and. All the John and everything, and let's play within the in the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if this guy can change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He plays a certain way. Uh, 
I don't know if he can control it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying he's intentionally dirty, but he he does he does things that <laughs> are just you got to pull him to the side and go. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Call time out just for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely agree with uh, both of you guys' uh, points. You know, I think he's a hard nosed player. Uh, definitely, he's very aggressive. Um, you know, he's just gonna have to learn how to control some of that a little bit. You know, because it's not looking good. You know, you already got suspended, and you know, just a couple of games into after your suspension, uh, you're getting hit slapped with seventy five thousand dollar fine. You know and with the jawing off and everything like that. So he's definitely, you know, the NFL is definitely going to have him under their microscope. He's going to, they're going to be looking at him more, but, uh, you know, definitely, um, I think he's a hard nosed player. You know, sometimes when you look at some of these hard nosed players, you can definitely say that they're uh dirty or so, but you know, a dirty player, but you know, he's going to have to learn how to control that man, because those fines that's going to cost him financially. And if it's going to keep costing him his team, uh, you know, kind of like with the whole Pittsburgh uh, issue uh, last year uh, with, you know, penalties and things like that, that could cost his team a win or, you know, to advance further into the playoffs uh, that could cost him a job. So he's just going to have to learn how to, yeah, you know, keep that in check. You know, I don't mind <clears throat> watching, you know, hard nose uh, defensive players playing, but, you know, he's going to have to learn how to, be tamed a little bit uh, when he steps on that field. Yeah, you like a little edge to your player, but it's it's starting to get a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, there has to be a line in the sand somewhere. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, you uh, ready for the pickums for NFL? Let's do it. We we are not even at five hundred. Uh, we are eleven for twenty five. We're all tied. Granted, I should be in the lead because my man Julio did get screwed over last week. But, <laughs> but it'll be all right. I still come out on top. Um, y'all know the deal, man. First game we're going to get into, uh, Washington versus Detroit. Uh, Detroit, they have a minus one lead for the spread. So you're saying we're going to do Washington, Detroit? Yeah. Yo, yo, Trey, you're, you're, cu- you're not even there. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> hey, can y'all hear me? Well, I th- I think we're supposed to go Washington. Detroit. Are favored. Can y'all hear me now? Yes. 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 Okay. There he is. There he All is. Right. I right. plugged it. So, and okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, Washington and Detroit. All right. So, to me, this is going to be an interesting game. The Lions have a terrible pass defense, but Kirk Cousins isn't exactly known for throwing a lot of touchdowns. I mean, he can, he has the ability to, but this year he hasn't really had a breakout game. I think they could this week. Um, But Hey, I'll go with it. Let's go with the lions for three in a row. Uh, I'll take the lions in some, a, a good scoring affair. I'll take them 31 to 27. All right. Yeah, I find myself here picking Detroit as well. Uh, playing in, in Ford Field, the, we got best quarterback in the league, Stafford. Just a joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they are playing good football. They they seem to have the offense going well now. Uh, so, yeah, uh, 
hopefully there there can be some semblance of a running game uh, with that carousel that's going right now for them. But uh, yeah, I will I will go with the Lions twenty eight twenty four. All right, y'all know me, man. I'm going with Washington. Uh, I think they'll pull it off. So I think it's going to be a close game, though. I do have Washington winning. Um, I'm going to go with 23-20, to 20, Washington. Up next, we have the Patriots versus Pittsburgh. Uh, the past, they have a minus seven lead for the spread. Uh, I think we'll see that increase as Sunday gets a little closer. No Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. I think that's going to hurt. Uh, but they, but the thing is, Pittsburgh still has a lot of weapons. Sammy Coates has been nice so far this year. Jesse James has proven to a really nice tight end. So Pittsburgh still has a lot of opportunity, but I think the Patriots, Tom Brady and Gronk will just be a little too much for them. So I'll take the Patriots uh, 28 to 17. All right. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Patriots here as well. Uh, I, I would probably feel different if it was Ben Roethlisberger under center, but Landry Jones doesn't uh, bring out the same type of, of thought process. Uh, there's still going to be weapons there. They do still have Antonio Brown. They still have uh, Le'Veon Bell, but mm-hmm. uh Brown might not be quite as effective because it's not his normal person getting that ball out to him. Uh, so I'll I'll take the Patriots as well. You know, I I don't think I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think uh, the Steelers will still come out to play. They're at Heinz Field, so they want to put up a a good game for the fans. But uh, I, just, I just don't think they'll have enough to overcome the Patriots. So uh, I got the Pats. 24-17. All right. I got the pass as well. Um, you know, I just don't um, really think Pittsburgh will pull it off since uh, their beast, Ben Roethlisberger, isn't going to be playing. So I think the pass are going to have the edge and they're going to pull through. So I do have the pass winning this one 24-14. All right, up next we have Minnesota versus Philly. Uh, Minnesota, they do have a minus two-and-a-half lead for the spread. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, this one's a little interesting because Minnesota seems to struggle on offensive times, but their defense is so good. Uh, you know, the saying, defense wins championships. Uh, I, I expect – Minnesota to be able to put enough points on the board. Bradford likes to find, you know, Kyle Rudolph uh, in the red zone. So uh, I will go with the game manager, Sam Bradford, in that Minnesota defense by a score of 17 to 10. Yeah, I'm rolling with many as well. Uh, This will be the toughest defense Carson Wentz has come up against. And I think they give him trouble all day. Uh, Stephon Diggs back in the lineup for Minnesota. That gives their offense a boost. So I'm going with the Vikings to win this one uh, 28-21. All right. I do have uh, Minnesota winning this one as well. Uh, 
just think that you know they've been tested all year and they just kept been they just kept overcoming. So I think they'll overcome this one as well. So I think their defense will step it up big time for Minnesota. So do have this one being a close one. Um, I have Minnesota winning seventeen to fourteen. Last but not least, we have Houston versus Denver. Uh, Denver, they have a minus eight and a half lead for spread. Yeah, nice little comeback by uh, the Texans last week against a bad Colts team. But uh, I'm going to take Denver in this one. Better defense. Uh, I think a more capable offense. Uh, You know, I just think a a few more weapons. Uh, even though, I mean, Houston has weapons too, but I think it's just the idea that Brock Osweiler has either looked poised or looked like he doesn't even belong on a college roster. So, you know, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Denver in this one, uh, 27-21. Yeah, um, rolling with Denver as well. Uh, they're at home the quarterback that slighted them and left to go to Houston. Uh, yeah, I true. think they play this one with a chip on their shoulder. I think Brock Osweiler is going to be under attack, basically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he hasn't looked that great for Houston. You know, eight touchdowns, eight picks on the season. I think he ends that game uh, with uh, more picks than touchdowns. I think Denver has something to prove here. You know they want to make, they want to show that uh, they didn't lose anything by having to start Trevor Simeon. So yeah. uh, I'm gonna go with Denver here, uh, twenty-eight, ten. All right. I'm going to go with Denver on this one as well. You know, I think uh, they're planning in mile high. Uh, you know, Brock's coming into their uh, town back to where he played. I um, think they're going to have a chip on his shoulder. They're going to come out there uh, ready to hit him and, you know, make him wish that he never left. So do have, like I said, do have Denver winning this one. Um, I have them winning 24-210. to all right, guys, um, anything left? Uh, any other remarks uh, for the NFL before we move on? Nope. All right. Um, last but not least, uh, we're about to get into is the NBA. We had the Eastern Conference last week. Now we're about to get into the Western Conference because uh, season's uh, getting ready to approach. Uh, start on the 25th, um, I believe, so... Golden State, man, they're the talk of the West. Um, have Durant, uh, just to start it off, man, do y'all think they're going to break their uh, regular season record with Durant? No. I would agree. I agree, too. I, yeah. yeah. New I, team. They got a gel. There's let, – let's not even talk about 74. Let's just throw that one out. <laughs> uh, I – I wouldn't be surprised if they do you, come now. Close. Do you think they'll come close to it? Like maybe miss it by you know four games or you know? Yeah, I, I think they could easily come within five games of it. Okay, um, because that team on a bad night should still be able to beat ninety five percent of the league. Okay, they're they're good enough to do it. Well, they have enough talent to do it. I think. I honestly think that's kind of in their heads from last year. 
mm-hmm. winning that 73 games. I, I bet they probably told themselves that's part of why they didn't win the championship. Yeah. Because, you know, we got to the playoffs. Steph Curry was basically never healthy. Uh, so I, I really don't think the thought process will be on winning a boatload of games. Just I think their focus is get to the playoffs and hopefully be the number one or number two seed at worst and get home court, get to the finals, win the title. I, I think that's going to be the focus. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they're worried about winning 70 some odd games. If, if they win 62 games and can beat them one seed, I think they're good with that. Yeah, you know, and I think that's going to be a question we'll hear. Uh, Steve Kerr get asked a lot. We'll hear basically every player on the team get asked a lot is, uh, does the re- regular season record matter? And because of last year, the answer is going to be no. They Like like Darnell said, they want the championship. Yeah. Now, do you think there are going to be any teams out there to challenge them um, in the West? And if so, who? No. Um, it's, All right. Like, believe it or not, I think this is going to be the first year in a lot of years that I can remember that I think the Eastern Conference is better than the Western Conference, top to bottom. Uh, I think Golden State is clearly the best team in the NBA. Uh, I think the East has more teams that will be able to challenge its top. Um, Just I don't see too much depth there in the West this year. Uh, Like, I think Minnesota's got a good squad, but I don't think they're Golden State good. Dallas is going to have have a pretty, excuse me, have a pretty decent squad, but I don't think they'll be able to keep up with Golden State. So it'll be interesting to see who comes close to beating Golden State this year. Uh, But I I don't think if you put anybody up in a seven game series with them, we'll see. We'll see it go past six. Real quick, I'll say mine. um, I do have uh, San Antonio. Uh, they did get rid of uh, Tim Duncan. Did decide to uh, retire, but my man Powell say they got rid, of, rid of. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, he retired, but you know, yeah, error of words, my bad. But um, Powell, uh, he's over there. You know, he's on the backside of his career. You know, he's not you know twenty seven anymore, anything like that. But I think he could help him. One key issue that I do have with Spurs, though, I don't know if you guys heard it, but uh, there have been some reports that uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is not happy there. Um, so uh, I was kind of looking through that uh, the day and yesterday. Um, so if they could keep him, somehow keep him satisfied because supposedly he's um, kind of disappointed about being the second option to uh, Kawhi Leonard. So um, hopefully if they could get those two to uh, work right and everything like that. And plus, I just believe in Pop. Um, they did find a way to win against um, the Heat, you know, when they were, had the uh, Stars over there. I think he could somehow find a way to uh, pull out a win um, against Golden State if they were to uh, match. You know, I just believe in Pop. I think he's a great, co- great coach. He can find ways to uh, get it done. And plus, you know, with uh, Golden State, you know, everybody was looking at their record last year. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, they had a pretty good uh, record as well. You know, I think they won 67 games, I believe. Uh, but they were pretty close to uh, getting close to that record as uh, well. They had a pretty good season, too. So I think San Antonio, that will be the team to uh, do it out of yeah, anybody. 
I agree. If if there's one team that can challenge them, it will be San Antonio. Uh, I think they did find a serviceable replacement for Duncan and Powell uh, to step in. And I mean, it actually, it's it's probably an upgrade. Yeah. Based on how Duncan ended the season, and you know, Powell's still been pretty steady. Uh, his his drop off in production has been slight. Been a little bit, but it's not like he, he fell off a cliff, kind of how Duncan did that that final season. So that's the one team that you give a shot at doing something with Golden State. Maybe if somehow they get their heads out of their butts, it would be the Clippers, possibly. Yeah. They got the but, talent, man, but yeah, it just yeah, but they can't seem to. Put Do together, it. yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> right. So, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I mean, outside of those teams, that's about as far as I'm going with it. Uh, as far as anybody that can give Golden State any kind of scare come yeah. playoff time, uh, outside of that, is it's going to be whoever they face in the finals. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, what players, you know, like I said, with uh, the East, you know, there have been some new players making, uh, going to new teams. Um, are there any players um, over in the West that you guys expect to thrive uh, with the new teams over in the uh, West? Yeah, one player I, I expect to do pretty well with with his new team is going to be uh, what, what seemed to be kind of a really interesting move was Victor Oladipo to Oklahoma City. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think that. he'll play very well there. I mean, losing Kevin Durant that basically basically slides uh, Oladipo into that second option in that offense, in my opinion, uh, behind Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook's going to screw around and almost average a triple double this year. Like yeah. it's going to be ridiculous what he does. But you know, somebody else has to score the ball too, and I, I think we'll see Oladipo kind of take a next step in his game this year. Uh, he'll have you know, more of a role with, with this team than he did in Orlando. He'll have a few more pieces around him to, to do well, uh, to do well too. So uh, he's on a better team. I think uh, he'll be able to learn from Russell Westbrook a little bit. Uh, I think he'll be able to uh, just based on what Oklahoma city is going to be able to do. uh, I I think Oladipo is going to have, really good year yeah i think that's a good choice i mean i go back to basically what i was just talking about i think i think powell is pretty much the perfect pickup for go uh for san antonio uh he's going to slide into that he's going to be the third option so there's not a ton of pressure put on him so he'll be able to be that you know solid 15 foot jumper that he has and you know, some games he's gonna he's gonna kill some other players on that other block outside of Aldridge, where they might put their best defensive player on him, and Powell will just be able to kind of just eat. So uh, I I think he got he and he's a smart guy. I think he saw the opportunity go in there, and I mean I, th- I think he's extended his career another couple seasons because he's not gonna have to go against the better defensive post players in the league he's gonna get the lesser on most teams where he's he's gonna put up better numbers that might be a little bit deceiving yeah 
Um, for me, you know, Powell, that's my guy. Uh, you know, my man Kobe retired, so you know, he's like my well, him and Rondo, those are my two uh like top players in the NBA right now. So I'm expecting big things out of him, you know, kinda like what you said, Darnell, you know, he's not gonna be like the second option or anything, you know, he can kinda just um ease his way in there, you know, just get the job done without a lot of pressure being on him. So expecting big things from him in San Antonio. Um Another guy, if he can stay healthy, um, you know, he's been having problems with that. But Eric Gordon, I think he can uh, do some good things with that uh, D'Antoni um, offense in Houston. And another guy, just real quick, you know, he can't be any bad, worse than he was uh, last God. year. But um, Ty Lawson, uh, he's going to be mm-hmm. in Sacramento. So this could be a Good uh, chance for him to rebound, you know, if he can get his head and everything together. So, uh, you know, he wasn't he wasn't playing that well last year, but uh, you know, maybe just a new change of scenery, uh, you know, office off season where he can get his head uh, together and everything. He could just pull it off. So, those will kind of be some guys that I'll be looking at. Um, now, who do you guys have making the playoffs? Uh, just all the teams. <sighs> Okay. Yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, of course, let's just scratch off one and two Golden State, San Antonio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll put. I'll still put the Clippers at three just based off of the players they have. Uh, I'll think Houston probably be the four seed. Uh, just to make sure Houston without Dwight Howard? Yes. I think they'll probably actually be better without him. Okay. Just including the no. Mavs and Grizzlies, man? Huh? Uh including uh over the Mavs and Grizzlies too? I think so. Okay. Uh I I think Harden is actually that good offensively. Yeah. Where he he could probably sneak them up into that four seed. Uh but after that, I'll go Dallas, uh, Memphis. Uh, Minnesota, Utah, and rounding it out, I'll say Sacramento. Mm, interesting. Okay. Interesting. I mean, it's so hard to predict. I'm not, yeah. like, yeah. saying you're, you're wrong, but... Yeah. Uh, the teams I have, uh, we have the same first three, uh, with one second here. Got to pull up what I wrote down. Golden State, San Antonio, and the Clippers. I, I think those three should be pretty, pretty clear cut. Uh, and then the rest is really going to be a crapshoot. Uh, I'm going to put, man, this is one I've been flip-flopping on a little bit. Um, I'm going to go Dallas at the four, uh, Memphis five, Minnesota six, Portland seven, and Oklahoma City eight. Okay. All right. Uh, for me, I actually have uh, Spurs number one. I of course you do. Yeah, of course you do. I think Golden State, man. I just what think you have the, with the them, Lakers too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just think with Golden State, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for those to mesh because, you know, like when um, LeBron and all those guys, they got together, you know, they didn't start the season off, you know, perfectly. They had to, you know, 
get a little. There's only one new player coming in, though. Yeah, so. but I think, man, you know, like I said, that with the Durant, uh, Clay, Steph, um, I, like I said, like I said before, I think, um, oh my goodness, uh, Draymond, I think he's gonna have to take a step. You know, I, I think it's gonna have to work for them offensively. You know, to kind of get the offense going with those guys because those are a lot of shots. Um be uh taken by three guys so i think offensively especially um they're gonna have to uh get some chemistry worked out uh just with the uh shots and everything that those uh that they're gonna be taking and everything so i just think you know i think it's gonna be close but i think san antonio find a way to edge them um next i have the clippers um four i have the maps uh five i have the Blazers, six, I have the Grizzlies, um, seven, I have Minnesota, and eight, I have the Rockets. You said the Rockets at eight? Yeah. Just think, you know, uh, Harden is going to have a lot of, uh, you know, just pressure on his hands. And, uh, he can't carry, you know, he's, I don't think he's going to be able to carry that team just by himself. Uh, but. Uh, I think they're going to get in there in the last spot. So we're losing. Yeah, I hear any of that. Can you hear me? Like it's it's worse than it was the other day, last week. Yes. All right. Yeah. Um. I it it picked it up, so I could just delete that uh little part out with that little pause. Yes. So. Um, now up next, um, let's see, where are we at? Um, dang. Okay. Well, yeah. What are you guys looking forward to the most out of the season? Uh, you know, regarding teams, mashup players or whatnot. Well, I mean, I think a lot of the obvious can, uh, how does Cleveland do after winning the title? Uh, how does this Warriors team look with Durant? Do they just tear up the league, basically? Uh, I want to see that first matchup between those two teams. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you want to see some of the movement of other players. I want to see how Chicago looks. I want to see how New York looks. Uh, You know, a bunch of new players on those teams where they seem to be trying to build their little Second tier super teams. Yeah, uh, want to want to see how that goes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, another matchup. I think we'll all be ready to watch is the first time Oklahoma City and Golden State play in Oklahoma City. The Boo Birds will be out. It, it'll be very similar to when LeBron went back to Cleveland. Uh, no nice words will be shared. It'll get chippy. The crowd's going to be super into it. Uh, I think. Golden State will win the game, but still doesn't mean I won't be glued to it no matter what. I also uh, probably put up 50. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that that's the other thing I'm going to be really excited to watch this year. I'm going to want to watch Oklahoma City every time they're on TV. Because uh, like I said, he, that man can screw around an average triple-double this year, and it will be ridiculous if he does. He, he could potentially have one of the best single-season performances on a, a, a bad team. Um, 
well, they're not going to be bad. I, I haven't made the playoffs, but they're, they're not going to be what they were. They're not going to have a shot at the finals like they did last year. So, well, I think, I think it's possible they missed the playoffs. I got their ceiling at like 17. Yeah. Well, um, well, I meant uh, they won't have a shot at the finals. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, in, in a year that Oklahoma City's not exactly used to, they could see one of the best single season performances ever. Uh, there, there's potential for it. And the thing is, everybody's talking about it. So it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, another thing for me is going to be, is is the East going to be as deep as they appear? Um, I, yeah. I think they will be. I think they have a lot of talent. Uh, I think a lot of the stars are coming back toward the East side. Um, you know, a couple of guys moved within the East, uh, you know, like Al Horford going from Atlanta to Boston. But then you have some guys coming over to the East where late last year we saw Dwight Howard get to uh, Atlanta. So, you know, I think the East is going to be the better conference top to bottom this year. Um, I think the West um, is going to have the best team. It's my Big Ten SEC argument. Are you going to want to see depth or are you going to want to see top-heavy performance? So it'll be an interesting year for the East. Uh, a lot of question marks, like you said, Darnell, around those second-tier super teams like the Knicks and the Bulls. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot to be excited for this year. It just depends you know, what each fan wants to see specifically. Yeah, uh, you guys basically touched on, uh, you know, everything I was thinking, you know, with the Cavs, uh, how they will play uh, after winning the championship, uh, Golden State. Uh, but one thing in particular I really wanted to be excited for seeing um, was, you know, one of my highlights of the uh, season last year wasn't actually really during the season. It was during All-Star Weekend. Um, if Levine and Eric, Aaron Gordon can get in the dunk contest mm-hmm. again and put on a show um, like they did last year, I'm going to go nuts. So it's <laughs> that's that's going to be one um, in particular. You know, if those two guys can stay healthy and they can get in that mm-hmm. dunk contest again, I'm going to go crazy. So it's not going to be – ain't no telling what they're going to be pulling off in that uh, dunk contest if they get in there. So that's just another thing to add to what you guys were saying. So what Trey looks more most forward to this season, the dunk contest. Yeah. <laughs> With two players that will have no bearing on anything other than the dunk contest. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, we'll let Trey be excited for the for the little things. Yeah. But um, you know, uh just to move on, um question I have next for you guys is, you know, Colin Kaepernick, he's been making a, you know, big stance in the NFL right now. Uh, a lot of people are still talking about him um, as uh, we speak. Uh, can you possibly see his stance uh, playing a huge role in shifting over to the NBA uh, where you see guys sit down for the national anthem and whatnot? I have no doubt it will affect the NBA. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I don't think you'll have player sitting just because Kaepernick doesn't even do that anymore but I mean, you'll see some some fist raise, maybe somebody taking a knee or something like that but I, I definitely think it spills over into the NBA. Uh, Adam Silver has already addressed it saying that you know he's fine with players expressing themselves in that way so I, I'm pretty sure it's going to come. 
Yeah, definitely agree. I mean, we saw the NBA or we have seen the NBA already move on things like Black Lives Matter, um, just various issues uh, like uh, sexual assault and abuse. We, we've seen the NBA already have political stances, you know, warm up shirts inside out, uh, just numerous things. So there, there is no doubt that what Kaepernick has started or has been credited with starting uh, will definitely transfer over to the NBA. Um, I think what will be interesting will be uh, fan reaction. Uh, and, and I guess the reason I say that is because when, when you're at an NFL stadium, it's outside noise doesn't necessarily carry uh, when you're in a arena noise will carry it's a smaller venue so i think it'll be interesting to see if more people take a shot at it or support it in a vocal way um because i i just because of what you see on social media and things like that people some people are for it some people are against it and are not afraid to whether it's name call or anything like that so you know will we see some fan be an idiot and yell something negative toward a player? Uh, I think that'll be interesting to see. I hope not. Um, I also would like to see if, you know, it, even though the meaning behind it will be the same, if it'll have the same, uh, and I don't really know what the right word is, the same luster that Kaepernick doing it had. Um, because even as the NFL season has wore on, uh, I feel like the issue of a player kneeling or the practice of a player kneeling hasn't gained the same notoriety as it did at the start. So will it be kind of the same thing in the NBA or will it stir more conversation? So those are kind of a couple things I'm looking for when it comes to that. I think it'll actually probably garner a little more discussion just as basically uh, because of the makeup of the NBA, I agree. Uh, like I agree. going going across the four major sports, you know, like hockey is like one percent uh, minority athletes. Uh, baseball, you probably it's on the black side is very low. You you have a lot of uh, Latino, the, yeah, Latino and South American uh, athletes. The NFL, you, you get a little more to that fifty fifty mark, but the NBA is basically ninety something percent african-american so uh i think there'll be a little more conversation there because you might have uh, a higher percentage of teams making that Mm -hmm. stance and it'll be a little different of a visual effect Uh, Mm -hmm. and also you only have 15 active players on a roster so yeah when it's one out of 32 as opposed to yeah two out of 15 yeah. yeah which i mean i mean i think you could see it possibly where it's like you know, eight out of fifteen players or ten out of fifteen players mm-hmm. taking that stance. It, it's going to mm-hmm. be a little. It's going to be a bit more of a you know in your face effect if they do that. And another reason I think it could potentially bring more discussion is if you look at a lot of the analysts for the NBA, you have more people who already take bold stances. Um, people who aren't scared to say what they feel. I mean, you have people like uh, Charles Barkley. Yeah, uh, Jalen def- Rose. Yeah, Jalen Rose, definitely another one. And now ESPN has uh, Tracy McGrady. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, j- just people who aren't scared to be vocal. Um, 
so I, I think it'll be interesting to hear their takes. Uh, I assume they'll be, you know, in a supportive role as most commentators around the sporting world have been. Uh, I'm not going to say all because not all of them are, but uh, the majority, I believe, support support the protest. So I don't expect this to be any different. I just think it'll open different avenues of discussion because of who these personalities are. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, who do you guys have winning the rookie of the year? Um, interesting. I, I'm going to be hard to tell. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a shot in the dark and go Buddy Heald. Okay. Uh, I, I think yeah. I think he's going to be a scorer. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this injury affects Ben Simmons. Uh, I, I think uh, alongside a player like Anthony Davis, Buddy Heald is going to be able to learn to pass the ball more effectively. Uh, so I, I think Buddy Heald could find his way in the starting lineup before season end. I think Ben Simmons uh, will as well. I also think Brandon Ingram will. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't want to pick one of the obvious suspects here. Uh, not a lot of people are talking about Buddy Heald. Some people are starting to. As he, the other day in practice, he put on a shooting clinic. But uh, I, I think Buddy Heald is a very, very fair chance. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I had Buddy Heald too. I just think he'd be able to work well with um, Anthony Davis. And another thing, too, uh, just with Anthony Davis, uh, you know, he's been having uh, some issues with injuries. So I think if he goes down or, you know, he has to miss uh, quite a few games, you know, just for having some type of injury, uh, I think that could get, they could give Buddy Hill the green light if they find him in the starting lineup. So I think that would be a good chance for him to thrive. And just with uh, Ben Simmons, uh, I would have him, too. But um, I'll have to just see uh, when exactly he will be back with that uh, injury that he has. So I'm going Buddy Hill, too. Well, yeah, I'm going one of the safe safe picks. I'm going to go Brandon Ingram. Uh, I would have been looking at Simmons too, but the foot injury uh, that don't know when he's going to come back and how long it takes him to get back into mm-hmm. to rhythm of the game. So um, my pick's Brandon. All right. What about MVP? I'm going to go with the guy I've been talking up pretty much the entire show, Russell Westbrook. Um, It'll be very interesting to see a, a guy potentially winning on a team that's not making the most noise as the last few years we've seen. You know, usually your team has to be one of the top teams for you to be considered. But I think Russell Westbrook will be able to average, you know, 20, anywhere between 25 and 30 points with, you know, nine or 10 rebounds and close to nine assists I mean I just don't see that being unrealistic I think he's gonna have one of the better individual seasons we've seen in a long time yeah I pretty much agree with that one I think he's gonna be playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder especially now everybody's gonna be questioning what Oklahoma City is gonna look like without Durant there Uh, all summer has been Durant this Durant that Uh, Westbrook's you, you, you can see the questions have kind of gotten to him. So, and, and he's, he's that intense type of player. Uh, I think you might just see a ridiculous season. I, I, th- I think he has to get Oklahoma City, uh, to the playoffs to do it. But, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I would agree with me in that discussion. Otherwise, I, I say LeBron, 
because, you know, by the end of the year, he was getting annoyed with some of the love that Steph Curry was getting uh, in regards to that. He even had some words about uh, him getting an MVP award. So uh, I think it's one of those two. For me, I have actually um, James Harden. Um, I would put put Russell Westbrook up there, but I don't think they're going to make it to the playoffs. I think he's going to have the most outstanding season out of any NBA player, but I just think uh, they're going to deduct some points just away from him just because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, the reason why I have um, James Harden, uh, just to make it simple, uh, Mike D'Antoni, uh, he's going to be there. Uh, he moved him to the point guard position. Uh during the time uh, when D'Antoni was uh, coaching the Phoenix Suns, they had a point guard by the name of Steve Nash. He got the MVP award twice. Uh, I do think James Harden is a better uh, scorer than Steve Nash, and I think he's going to give him the same uh, freedom. Just as bad a defender. Yeah, that, that, I was about to get there. You know, they they both. I think they work well because James Harden is not a good defender, and D'Antoni is not a good coach uh, defensively. So. I think that's going to give him the green light uh, on the offense, you know, running around with the ball for 20 seconds. You know, if you can score, score, you know, find somebody 20, last minute. Uh, 20 then, seconds? Dude, yeah. They were trying to shoot the ball in six. Yeah, or whatever, you know. It just, <laughs> you know, but yeah, anyway, uh, you know, just do whatever you can. And I think, you know, his James Harris usage rate is going to be very high, and I just think he's going to be able to pull it off because mm-hmm. I think he's going to get to the uh, – playoffs over Westbrook. So I think he's going to be the one to get the MVP. Not a bad pick. Yeah. Now, who do you guys have winning the finals? Uh, Do we all have Golden State? Yes, sir. Until proven otherwise. All right. Now, do you think this will be a uh, three-peat appearance between them and the Cavs? I absolutely do. All right. I think it'll be a lot of fun if it is. Yeah, for sure. So, just have to see. Yeah, man, I have Golden State. So, it's uh, they're going to be a fun team to watch for sure this year. So, all eyes will be on them. All right. Uh, but, yeah, you guys have any of the final statements? No. Nope. All right. I uh, appreciate you guys for listening to the show. Um, feel free to uh, subscribe if it's your first time listening. Uh, you can check us out on Stitcher podcast.com, iTunes, YouTube, uh, Google Play, you know, just hit us up in that um, search box and we should appear. So, and also you can find us on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. So appreciate you guys for listening as always. Take care. Just hang in there with me for about 10 seconds.